0: This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live
1: on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com.
0: Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton.
1: Coming up at 545, mean texts, mean texts. For those of you new to the program, that's where people text in mean things about us. As long as they're creative, we'll read them. We've got some good ones today. There have been a couple of really good ones, and a couple where we're looking at each other trying to determine exactly what that person meant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, is that sometimes it feels like the punchline was left off? But uh, you know,
2: yeah, <laughs> they left up <that> part of. <laughs> off. Yeah, uh, this is a good one. It's not necessarily a, a mean text, but when we were having the discussion about left many um, you know rooting uh, teams that he roots for said glad my office isn't the only place with these type of stupid debates <laughs> i could just see this guy it's like at a place of business like Merrill Lynch or whatever they're all in and, suits yeah all in suits and and then you're supposed to be doing work and instead you're having a debate <laughs> over you know who's the better baseball player or whatever
1: which team That's is stuff. better Who you root for this team no i don't yes you do because yeah. you said this one time <laughs> uh, but yeah it's uh it's not isolated to your office or or ma'am whoever sent that but yes you guys can text in whatever you'd like 866-979-3776 powered by mac and jack's brewing company we'll do mean text coming up at five forty five. but right now it's time for best of
3: the rest we know you love listening to us, but there are great discussions happening all over our station. I need more Jake Bobo. I need more of them.
0: Because Jake Bobo is objectively fun to say. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> not
3: good at Interesting. Let's turn it down. It's time for
4: the best of the rest. How dare you?
1: <laughs> I just noticed that in there. What, what is Salk doing? He's like, <laughs> what the heck was that? Was that him? Doesn't that just sound like him normally? Well, He's just yeah. mocking someone. <laughs> look at Matt! Yeah, that's right. That's just, that just that's him. all Matt hears when he hears. It. It's like Charlie Brown's teacher. Just, won, won, won. <laughs> Matt hears Salk talking. He just
4: me nee, me me me.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know what he was saying there. I just for whatever reason never noticed it. But all right, we'll move on. Uh, well, let's start with uh, Bump and Stacy. Yesterday, we're talking about reasons as they see it to be optimistic about this Mariner team entering this season.
0: We're going to challenge ourselves this morning, Bump. To look at a lot of the really fun possibilities with this roster because they are absolutely there
3: I would say this is probably the most optimistic. I've been on air with you about this this squad Why and the reason why I'm most optimistic is because of some of the things that we hear the people that we know and love Talk about yesterday Something as simple as Shannon saying that Julio just doesn't have that kid look anymore Mm. that's important to me because we're watching this guy grow up in front of our eyes, and I think sometimes we forget that because he has all the talent in the world and expectations are high, but sometimes you got to step back and say, he's still a young man. He's still working on some things. He thinks he had a sophomore slump. Now he's coming into the season with a chip on his shoulder. He's finding a way to keep that chip on his shoulder. Curtis pointed out, like, look, how's 27? Mm-hmm. You know, like, Logan's coming into his third or fourth year. Like, these guys are maturing, and with maturation comes um experience and learning how to handle emotions, the ups and downs of a season. Learning how to lead And evaluating yourself in the off season And making yourself better getting into this season We're just going to come in We're going to work hard They're pointing out where um, they came up short They're pointing out where they need to get better They made moves in the off season. It might not have been the moves that we liked But I just like the direction So I'm looking at this squad And I'm saying Because of the maturation Because of the pieces that they've added And because of the arms that they have It always starts there
0: That's also my source of kind of optimism for the team Is from those arms And I love you mentioning Julio Because I... Obviously, I'm considering Julio as, like, a primary source, but the maturation of Julio is an angle that, you're right, I like looking into for 2024.
1: The maturation of Julio. Yeah. I, sounds yeah. like a Seinfeld movie title that gets thrown in there.
2: <laughs> like
1: Mountain High.
2: <laughs> yeah, it just sounds like one of those. Or Sack Lunch.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, Rochelle, Rochelle, from Milan to Minsk. That's um, right. Yeah, the maturation of Julio. Yeah, all of that is 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 valid, and that's true for Cal. That's true for Logan and George Kirby and any of these young guys you've you've come to rely upon. And I I do hope they they all take that next step and they grow and they're getting better. But you do have to account for regression somewhere. Just that's just how baseball works. Not everybody is taking. We're all taking a leap forward. Nobody takes a step back. It could be for different reasons. Maybe somebody gets hurt early and they deal with an injury all year. Or something. I mean, you just don't know. We're hoping Ty France takes that step back beyond what he was maybe even, or at least get to what he was. Uh, and It'll be certainly through no lack of effort, as we've talked about. And then if they can take that step, you can you can deal with one of them, somebody taking a step back perhaps because the new guys you brought in are picking up some of the slack, and the other guys took that step. So you, you can handle – you know, a player or two that didn't didn't take the step you thought they would, if you will, kind of like Ty France last year,
2: yeah, I just wrote down the reasons why I am optimistic and, and they're not necessarily in any order, but what we heard from Julio, I think now, look, he hasn't done anything, mm-hmm. but like Stacy put it, you know he's he's becoming more mature, and so i I'm really excited just to to monitor him, watch make sure he doesn't have you know one of those. Streaks where he bats 123 and has one home run over 15 played or uh, games, and so. Uh, but yeah, I mean uh, him, Hanniger. We don't really know whether he's going to be healthy or not, but we know Mitch Hanniger. You know what you're going to get from him, right? Mm-hmm. When he's healthy. So, and I, I still think it would be odd if he would continue to get these rare, odd, uh, strange, ridiculous injuries. I think it I, would be. It would. He's due. Come on.
1: He's due for a healthy season.
2: I know I sound like a gambler right now, yeah. but uh, I feel like he's due. And well, then- his
1: two seasons where he played a full season were 2018, he played 157 games, and then 2021, 157 games. Uh-huh. Those are the only two times he's ever played over 100 games. Everything yeah. else is last year, 61, the year before, 57, 63, 96, 34. 34 is his first year, so probably more about yeah. him just being young coming up but yeah we've seen the production the first year he played 157 games yep. hit 26 home runs drove in 93 hit 285 with a 366 on base 493 slug and then you look at the the big year he had in 21 39 home runs 100 runs driven in uh 253 average with a 318 on base and a 485 slug so you've we've seen it he yeah. can do it he can be very impactful as long as he can just be available
2: yeah, and I just – I don't think this can continue, the the odd accidents that, that he's had. Um, and then, you know, the next couple of things, rotation, you know, I, I just – I think we underappreciate it, how good it is, how solid it is. Now, there are some questions with Wu and Miller, I suppose, you know, but the other three, we pretty much know what they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, to me, I put uh, I put JP in there, but JP slash Ty France, because I'm hoping that what happened with JP last year is what Ty France is going to end up with. And, you know, I know that JP is the one that talked to Ty France about going to, um, you know, going and getting help in the off season. And then the other one is the bullpen. Mm-hmm. yeah really excited about that um, so yeah I think there's a lot more and it seems like the more we talk about it and the the closer we get to spring training the better I feel so and I, I can't wait to get down there but um, it, it's I, I think there's a lot to like it, and I don't hear as much complaining and and you know like you said earlier if, if Matt if they you know went, went and signed Matt Chapman
1: to me that would just be like that'd be huge you'd be head over heels <laughs> yeah Yeah, Divish kind of put that fire out, but, you know, just the fact that it was being whispered about, I was getting a little excited, like, man, if if they're able to pull that off, this is the greatest offseason in Jerry's Jerry's time here. But it sounds like, you know, Divish will stop drinking before that happens. We
2: should tell Divish that if we do sign Chapman that he has to stop.
1: (laughs) And I'll I'll monitor him. There's no way he'd do that. There's not a (laughs) chance on God's greenery. He'd say, I didn't say I would. I said the chances are – are less likely than me stopping drinking, so true. Uh, which aren't very good. So there you go. But yeah, I, I get there should be some level of optimism until they give you a reason not to be optimistic. It is a better roster right now than it was going into last season, but there are there are caveats that there's there's no debating that. Uh, Brock was uh, was on with a uh, Aaron Goldsmith was in for Salk on Thursday. And they were talking about whether the Mariners have added enough impactful pieces to consider this a successful offseason.
5: So I ask you now, months and months later, as the boys are getting to work down there in Peoria, how much impact have they added to this roster, in your opinion?
4: I think they've added, we, let's first of all focus in, we, want, we wanted to see offensive impact, obviously, right? So let's focus yes. on that. And I think when you look at, in particular, the biggest names that they have added, and there's been a number that have been added to the roster, I, I think you can make a clear case that that has happened. Like, do you want Mitch Haniger at the plate in a late and close situation? Like, 100% you do. Mm-hmm. Right? Do you want Jorge Polanco in that situation? Absolutely you do. Do you want Mitch Garver in that situation? A guy who had a go ahead knock in a w- wins World Series clinching game? Absolutely you do. Right? So I think those are three names off the very top, the three biggest impact bats that have been added that. I think fit that criteria mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, th- those aren't necessarily the names that I thought that we'd be talking about right now <laughs> yes. as uh, we're about to get the spring training going. But to the credit of the front office and their creativity, they added th- at least three impact bats. You know, we'll see, you know, Luke Rayleigh had a great year last year. We'll mm-hmm. see what he can bring mm-hmm. less proven than the other guys uh, to, to choose from another name on the list. But those three in particular do provide impact in that lineup each and every day.
1: He's right. He's one hundred percent right. It's just when they're in the lineup. That's I think it's fair to worry. I think it's fair to throw that caveat out there because that's just unfortunately been the history with these three guys. The injury history is there, and it's something you have to take into consideration. But that shouldn't shouldn't get in the way of feeling a level of optimism just about okay if they're in that lineup, this is better. They are point blank, a better lineup going into the season. Now guys need to play to the back of the baseball card, so to speak. They need to you, you can't have regression with multiple guys and expect that that these guys who may not be able to play more than 110, 20, hopefully 120 games, something like that, but you, you can't expect them to pick up all the slack. These The guys that are here, JP, Julio, Cal, Ty, those guys, they need to do their part, certainly. So i I I'm definitely much, much more optimistic about this team uh, as it is on paper right now than I was last year with Wong and Pollock and LaStella.
2: Well, same. And then also last year we were kind of hung over from the the Winker and Frazier performances. And it makes me think, look, I'm much more comfortable with these guys that the question is their health than it is whether or not they're going to play. Better, you know, because I think both of them have such a track record. Whereas that year, you had one-off years with Frazier and and uh, Jesse Winker. Whereas I feel like these guys have had more solid numbers, and I just don't worry about it that much. Especially with with Hanniger, because of what we just talked about. It's just it's more like he's accident prone than anything else. But um, but I'm okay with that. I uh, and I, I feel like. If it's not like Jamal Adams, it's his thigh, you know, Mm. and that's what, what the problem is. Hanniger and Polanco, as far as I know, they don't have any one nagging thing. It's been a number of different things right. that have has plagued them, and that's what what's been the problem. So, and I feel like the the staff here, as far as uh, you know, they got their own weight coach. They've got you know a bunch of really good trainers. They do a good job. They're good at like shutting them down, keeping them healthy, things like that. So I don't know. I, to me, I'm much more. I would much more. I would rather worry about that than whether or not these guys are going to be consistent. And I feel like they're that consistency is there with both of them their entire career. It's just a matter of whether you know they've been healthy or not.
1: Yeah, and it's a big if. It is a big if. But it, it's it's again a reason to be optimistic. That's I'll, I'll just leave it there, and we'll we'll hopefully all be happy together about what they're providing for this team. Uh, meanwhile, Bump and Stacy on Wednesday. We're talking about, in their opinion, some last chances for certain key Seahawks.
0: Daryl Taylor. I know that this is a name that kind of slips under the radar. I will never forget John Schneider going on uh, the morning show and saying after that draft that they almost took Daryl Taylor in the first round. It's just that he has so many physical gifts and and he hasn't been um, this dynamic, you know, outside backer that you've been hoping he can.
3: Here's what he has been, though. He's been... Average or maybe just slightly above average. Six and a half sacks in 21, nine and a half in 22, five and a half this year. I think. The reason why we're looking at Daryl Taylor and saying, "Okay, what's the issue?" is because you go from nine and a half sacks to five and a half. You're like, "Okay, you're turning a corner. Things are working out for you. You should be one of these one of the guys you can rely on." And he gets five and a half sacks. I also want to point out that Jaden you know, Wilson not being there, I think, affected Daryl Taylor's play too. as well. It's just been a bit disappointing. He is serviceable. He's not like a chump in this league. No, he will not play. At all. He'll play through two or three contracts for sure in this league. But you're looking at the defense and you're saying you need more production from guys like DT.
0: Next defensive guy I'm going to throw in here, it's not that he hasn't lived up to expectation. He's been uh, a a great player for you, a really consistent player. He has been injured, and importantly, this is why he's included, you need to decide whether or not you want to retain him with a new contract. That is Jordan Brooks.
3: Man, Jordan Brooks. I'm I am not on the side of get rid of Jordan Brooks. No, if you can retain him, you got to make this happen. I think that coaches like Mike McDonald take players like Jordan Brooks and elevate them to another level.
1: I, I I'm with him on Jordan Brooks. Daryl Taylor, I I have a different opinion.
2: Has there even been a debate about Brooks? I, mean, I haven't heard anybody say, oh, you know, get rid of him. He's
1: no, no. I think yeah. I think if unless it's some crazy. Asking price, or like he's he's got a bloated sense of self, yeah. and feels like hey, I want twenty million a year or whatever he feels like he's worth. Uh, if he if he's falling in line with with you know who he's been as a player and who he projects to be, and the in the salary reflects that, why wouldn't you be on board with him? He came back from that torn ACL, played well last year. Um, my my only complaint or I guess observation would be that you got Patrick Queen out there. You always join you talk about how they're kind of joined at the hip. Moving forward, because they were, you know, picked it right next to each other. Seahawks took Jordan Brooks, and the Ra- was at the very next pick. Ravens yes. took Patrick Queen, so they're always going to have that connection. And Patrick Queen has had more of the flash plays, if you will, the interceptions and forced fumbles, all that stuff. So his numbers shine a little brighter than what Jordan has done here. So yeah, if they if they're if they're deciding between let's just hypothetically say john's in the, in a meeting with coach mcdonald saying hey we we got jordan or we can go after patrick queen we can have either one who do you want who would you want them to take
2: well i mean in that case the between those two yeah. patrick queen is is the one that's not you know hurt and yeah. he's put up the numbers and He's going to be, he's very familiar with the defense. So, I mean, it's going to cost you a lot. What did we say? His market value was like $17 million,
1: According to track, yeah, it was, yeah. Some, I think, somewhere in that neighborhood. So, yeah.
2: I, I mean, and I don't know what you're going to have to pay um, Jordan Brooks, um, but, yeah, I, I feel like in, in that situation, um, as far as uh, Daryl Taylor goes, to me, my, my biggest concern with him is uh, maturity level. You know, um, I, I think I think you saw him a couple of. It was really weird. So in the Baltimore game, I was watching the film on the way home, and there was a couple of plays where he looked like an all pro. He looked like Uchenna basically, mm-hmm. Nuosu. He, he the way he played the run, and it was only for two plays, <laughs> and then it kind of just went to the wayside. I don't know what happened, but. He was keeping himself square. You know, His on one of them, the tight end blocks down, so he looks for the pulling guard, stones the guy, perfect technique, everything, hips, everything good. So, you know, you see that he can do it, but but then, you know, it was like the next series he went right back to doing what he was doing before, you know, getting pinned on the edge and turning his shoulders and things like that. So, yeah, I, I, I think he's a, a really talented pass rusher, but I think he needs to take that next step of just being more consistent and responsible on the field. So to him, uh, to me, I don't really worry uh, that much about whether or not, you know, he is, he's going to take the next step or he's going to be here or anything like that. But the one thing that they, they did bring up there that I think we probably have undersold was that injury to Uchenna.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. It's a fair point. Very solid dude. Boy, there were just so many games where I just I would come in here on Monday and you would be going over you know the percentage of plays for these different different guys on the roster. Oh, this guy was out there for fifty four percent, and he was here for you know eighty percent. And I kept I felt like I asked you about Daryl Taylor almost every week because I'm like I don't remember hearing his name called. Was Mm. he out there? How much was he out there? It just he he just felt like a non entity and and. Yeah, Uchenna not being there hurting you that that makes sense. But if if you're a guy that a team needs to invest in, shouldn't you be able to shine without that guy there? Like, hey man, I'm this kind of player. I'm gonna I'm gonna shine regardless. Yeah, it's certainly gonna help me to have that kind of guy out there. But I'm still gonna get my work done when he's not there. Like yeah. if if you're relying on the presence of somebody else to make you stand out, I don't know if he's the guy. I don't I don't it, look. If he comes back, I'll be fine with it. I wouldn't certainly not break the bank. I feel like he's part of a rotation. He's not a guy I count on. Um, I don't know, just too many moments where he just he, he just didn't even, I didn't remember him playing.
2: Yeah, What and what is that, like about 18 sacks in the last three years? 19, we were talking about it, it was nine, yeah, it's four. Yeah, six and a half,
1: nine and a half, five and a half.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's, and it was kind of funny because they were sort of sneaky. Like, I don't remember them.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was just it was kind of an odd year for him, and it just you know maybe our expectations were too high. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah. one more quickly, uh, this is Brock and Salk on Wednesday, and they discuss why they're intrigued by the prospect of trading
5: Tariq Woolen. But old hot blogger instead of DK Salk mm-hmm. trades another current Seahawk player, and this one's intriguing because he had a super big step back after nearly winning defensive rookie of the year his freshman year. You want to talk about a sophomore slump? It was that and more for Tariq Woolen and some of the physical part of the game of coming up and tackling and coming up and being a presence and coming up and Mm -hmm. showing that want to, like kind of the opposite of DK, quite honestly, where DK would lose his mind and just try to rip someone's head off, literally, Tariq was ducking and wouldn't put his head in there and wouldn't have some of that violence and some of that physical nature. And if you're a Mike McDonald and you're coming in and setting your tone, like, hey, man, super skilled, go cover somewhere else because my guys need to come up and hit. So he actually has him being traded to the Titans and getting a couple third round picks. And so not a first, not a second, but really adding in the third rounds and into 2024 as well Mm -hmm. with some fifth and sixth rounders. So would Tariq Woolen be a guy? The only other guy outside of maybe DK that you could look at and say, okay. Yeah, I
4: mean you'd be selling kind of low, but that yep. might be worth it if he don't if you don't feel like he's a great fit If for you feel you like Mike
5: Jackson is the kind of tackler I want. Yep. And I'm going to be able to draft and, and find, you know, another guy and I've got in Devin Witherspoon, somebody actually want to play at corner and not at nickel in my scheme or you know, whatever way that Mike McDonald's going to start to to put this team into his eye and into his image could woolen be a, a yeah, possibility? I, I certainly don't hate that idea. Would, is it last is
1: one year uh, enough to say that nah, he doesn't fit anymore? Let's let's move on.
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's one question. The other I have is uh, he's talking about getting second or third back from him? No. Think I, he said a
1: third and uh, maybe, maybe a, a fifth third or a sixth and
2: a fifth. something like that. I doubt it. I mean, I feel like every time you trade a guy like that, it's it, you don't you don't get anything near what what you think you know the value should be. The other thing is, I, I think he can tackle. I think he just had a, an off year. He showed that he could be very physical his rookie year. Mm-hmm. So I, I, he plus, just, he had, what was it, his shoulder last year? Yeah, He had some injuries. He was dealing he had with something. But I just I, I saw him do that. His I just think he was totally confused last year. He was thinking too much. Um, the sophomore slump. I mean, like Brock said, and then some. That was it. Was it was bad. It was really bad. So yeah, there was times where I just saw him out there and I'm like, Whoa, dude, what are you doing? You're yeah. not even you're like in no man's land, just kind of looking around like there was something psychologically or mentally going on with him. So I don't I'm not ready to give up on him yet. I think he can be coached back into the kind of player that he was his rookie year.
1: All right. Coming up today we learned one way to get a lot of people mad at you. Find out what else we learned. Coming up with Wyman and Bob, this is Seattle Sports on seven ten. This is a house of learned
4: doctors. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What did we learn today? No one's a bigger idiot than me. <laughs> it's the easiest way out.
1: So we learned, uh, according to Lefko, uh we learned one way to get a lot of people mad at you. What way is that? Well...
6: This is also based on some of the texts that have come in that we'll read next segment that yeah. are legitimately angry. Um, we learned today that uh, Wordle brought out some heated discussions on air.
1: <laughs> what's What's got you going today? The Wordle is bugging
7: me today. I'm on my last guess right now. I've got the last three letters, and I can't put it together.
1: Oh, what now, Dave? I have a question. Dave's raising his hand. What the hell
2: are you talking about? Yep, that's
7: what I was expecting to be the question. you it's just a five-letter
2: word. Yes, and you just like—is it like uh Wheel of Fortune where you just go R S T L and E? Or well, that's not a word, so no. No, no. I mean, those <laughs> are the have to letters. Guess words. You said that you had to put letters in there.
7: Yeah. Well, you guess there are a twenty-six word. letters, Dave. You can use any of them,
2: Mike. I'm not talking to you right now. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh,
7: so. So you? every time I get to the last guess, I feel so stupid, just so incredibly dumb.
1: And then there's code behind you going, I got it in three guesses. I got yeah. it in four today.
7: But yeah,
4: <laughs> like I,
2: I like that uh, people were mad because you were a spoiler alert. I remember I had a friend like that that would like, record the games and yeah. then always be like, don't tell me, don't tell me. Don't!" So you couldn't, we'd be like six or seven of us. Nobody could have a conversation about the game because he hadn't seen it yet. I'm like, sorry. That's mm. that's not a thing. We're not doing that anymore. So
1: I did that like bet. somebody did text in and said, thanks, guys. I got it on the first try. <laughs> yeah. Good job. They had a good
2: sense of humor about it. There
6: were a few. and I didn't realize that so many people wait until night to do it. Apparently, yeah. uh, instead of being the first thing you do, it's the last thing they do. And there are some angry listeners out
1: there right now. Good. Well, they well, should be doing it in the morning. The
7: world exactly. is a morning activity. It's not something to be done in the evening.
1: I guess that means I'll never do it then.
2: Or I think I think really the best thing that you can say as a radio host is just stop listening to our show, okay? Look, I, I don't hear about Wordle. Just stop listening. Yeah. If the Wordle is so important to
7: you, and you hear people talking about the Wordle, turn the radio down for like two minutes while we're talking about it, and then turn it back up.
2: There you go. I don't. I don't think Wordle really deserves that much <laughs> attention. In, in our
1: lives. There are people that do take it that serious. Again, I uh, keep referencing it, but it's a strong storyline in the, in the latest Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. It was a really so good episode. People taking it very seriously. So, yeah, I, I, I get people being mad.
6: <laughs> what else have we learned, Lefkoe? Uh Well, you know, there are some things that we can talk about on the radio, like Wordle, maybe, but we also learned that there are some words that you definitely
1: can't say on air. Mm-hmm. Leftco, do you want to say what you said during the break here or no? What are you, trying to get him fired? <laughs> I, don't, I wasn't certain what he said. Did you clarify? I don't think that
6: term is uh, radio friendly. All right. That's why I said it not on the radio. <laughs> Just like the name Dave was trying to pronounce earlier. Oh, jeez. Yeah, well, oh, the fourth. Dave, uh, do you want the, to say that? And I'll the say fourth
1: magic. leading scorer for the Washington State Cougars. We were yeah. gonna, we were gonna get Matt to read it. Yes. Oh no, this <laughs> feels like a trap. <laughs> oh, like, it is, a, tra- is a trap. It's very much yeah. a trap. I'll have him
6: pull it up. Yeah, you could take a. Uh, you gotta give go us a first, Matt.
1: See if Matt takes a run at it. We're not grown ups. Not at all. Not at all. We should grow mustaches. Then we'd be grown ups. And <laughs> That's the way to do it. <laughs>
7: you do it? Do I have found the roster. No, I will not be
1: saying that on air. <laughs> uh, it's a soft J. We've come to like. I sure hope so. <laughs> nice nice career move, Matt. Nice career
2: move. <laughs> Stay on the radio. That's what you want.
7: I see the tricks. I see the traps you're laying for me. I'm not going to fall for them. I'm not not falling that stupid for any of that I'm nonsense. Stupid. Not st- I'm stupid. I'm just not that
1: stupid. No, he's not. He's not.
2: Yeah, if we're all, like, laughing, going, hey, <laughs> hey, Matt, hey, we, we want you to say, yeah, it's usually not a good thing. Even I can spot it's
7: that one. Thing. Yeah.
6: What else do we learn? Oh uh, well, These two have a fun back and forth, and uh, it got started <laughs> a little bit earlier than the usual What's Buggin' Bob segment today.
1: We start with Matt, because Matt, as he says, I'm really good at complaining, I like to complain, so we it's a natural it's launching like a sport point. sport for him. It's just natural. It really he doesn't is. even kind have to think is. about it. You'd be a pro bowler. I'd be a professional <laughs> complainer. I really I, would be. I do like, though, that uh, Dave said something to you during the break as you were walking out the door, and you opened the door back up just to give him a dirty look to the back of his head. You didn't say didn't, anything. You just gave him a look. I
7: didn't want to dignify it with a comment, <laughs> but, but you, I wanted to be clear that I was displeased by
1: it. The fact that you opened the door to do it, to stare at Dave, <laughs> it was very funny. But <laughs> Could you see his reflection or anything? No. He, he literally knew, the door, the door I, was closed. He pushed it open and looked yeah. at you, just like, "What did you say?"
2: Well, when when I heard the door open again, I I thought this can't be good. It's <laughs> did not you like these daggers in the back of your head. Yeah, it's not like he's going to be smiling and say, "That's a good one, Dave," or <laughs> this anything can't like be that. No. <laughs>
6: <Yeah>. What uh, <sighs> is that for? Error? now? What prompted the the stare down?
1: What did I say about man? I don't remember. It was as he was walking out, door closes, then he just pushes it all the way open and goes.
2: Oh, I know what it was. Back, <laughs> what was it? Back in 30. We're oh. back in 30, Matt. Because oh. <laughs> he's texted that 15 times to us. Well, how many segments were there yesterday? Uh, Coming back. Coming yeah. back. One per segment. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. 12,
7: little, little, I guess. Little peek behind the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's not a clock at the VMAC for some reason. So
1: Yeah, it's, that is a weird phenomenon there. we were all looking at our phones, checking the time. Yeah, it's... We could do better. Um, did we learn anything else? Uh, yeah,
6: uh, we talked to our guy Ryan Divish. You'll hear that conversation coming up at six. But in typical Divish fashion, we learned that he had a very fun off season.
3: Yeah, when the off season started, I mean, you know, it started with the whole fifty four
7: percent thing and dealing with that every day on Twitter. And then you love that, you know? They, yeah, yeah, yeah. So much fun. <laughs> I I was angry not 54% of the time but 104% of the time
1: he's he's so happy (laughs) I love Divish he just owns it I'm a cranky old man I just this is who he is he doesn't hide from it he embraces his crankiness and his negativity you know who kind of brings it out in him is Goldie
2: does he? Goldie will do that, like on the air. Where the, remember one time he was eating like a, a sundae? Oh, yeah. oh, some ice cream. Yeah, eating the ice cream. Yeah, and they so they you know got the the root cameras to look at him, and they were making fun of him and and whatnot. So yeah, he yeah. just
1: he doesn't try to hide it, doesn't try to change it. I'm going to try to be lighter, and no, no, I'm unhappy. That's it.
6: How do you think <laughs> conversations between him and John Morosi go? I know they've talked. Oh, yeah, the baseball goodness. guys like they've I'm interacted. Right. Yeah. I'm just fascinated by that dynamic.
1: Maybe they balance each other out a bit. I don't know. Maybe John comes down a little bit, Ryan comes up a little bit. I don't know how that goes. Yeah, that I feel like Matt and Ryan could hang together and just talk about the misery of that's the world and how much they dislike people and <laughs> Yeah. I think we would actually get along. Yeah. Yeah.
7: You guys just, just like point, I think look
1: at this guy and look at that guy and look at these. <laughs> just like
7: you think what? I'm like Ryan and goes like John.
1: Yeah.
2: No
7: he's not. And that's why I annoy yeah. you perfectly.
1: I don't know if that's why he you annoy him.
2: It's I mean, like a, got it's some like a other cold things. front and a warm front <laughs> coming together.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, nobody's like John. There are very few people like John. That Lefko's guy has
7: got a little John in him.
1: But mm. or else he's walking on sunshine at all times. I mean, it's just I've never heard the guy sound anything less than just absolutely enthused about everything. Leftco, we've seen him get a little sideways, a little cranky with things.
7: I think I just mean like the general... Manic energy of the two seems similar to me. Mm. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, Did we learn anything else? Uh, Yeah.
6: Speaking of uh, Ryan Divish here, he gave us precisely how much of a chance the Mariners have of signing Matt Chapman.
1: Realistically, I I thought maybe a 5% chance. What what do you think? Realistically, the chances of picking him up are and and would that make it if they did make that move? Would you call this the best offseason for Jerry?
3: Yeah, I have a better chance of quitting
7: drinking than they do of making that happen. Um, so, zero is what you're saying. Much, yeah, yeah. thinking about how bitter I am every day and how much I need that drink at the end of the day.
1: <laughs> how bitter I am every day. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. God.
2: Well, later he goes, oh, I feel like we could have, uh, you know, fun at an insurance seminar. And I'm like, I don't think he could. That doesn't really, that doesn't really fit your profile there, <laughs> no, bro.
1: I don't think, I'm not sure where he has fun, to be honest. I think when he's out in Montana and out off the grid, he seems to like that a lot. Do you ever picture him like giddy, where he's just like <laughs> Ooh, laughing and just,
2: you know. I don't know that just I've just ever thrilled. seen him
1: like legitimately laugh. Like I've seen him like kind of chuckle at something, but I don't know that anybody's yeah. gotten him to just crack up Right. anything. Maybe Adam Ray. Yeah, maybe he that. could get them going. I don't know. Maybe some of our texters could get him going. If he read no. some of these mean texts. No, no. No. They couldn't do it. No. They're too dumb. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we'll we'll see. We'll unveil what they've got. Was that all of it, Lefko? Was that all? Yeah. Okay. It. Uh, we've got mean texts coming up, so you still have a few minutes. Uh, 866-979-3776, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. It's coming your way next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman and Bob.
0: Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports App.
1: All righty. They came flowing in. How'd they do, Lefko? Yeah, a lot of Wordle-themed ones. That seemed to be the
6: the hook today. Yeah. Some were actually mad, but uh, 360 said, I'm not too surprised you've never done the Wordle. Five letters is a lot for Dave. (laughs) Stop saying Wordle. (laughs) <laughs> Not enough. Okay, so here, one more then. Okay. Uh, New York Times is written at a fourth grade level, maybe too advanced for Bob. So have Stanford boy read and interpret for him. Stanford boy.
2: <laughs> I have a sh- one a shot, at, a rare shot at Bob, and I think you should concentrate more on Bob than me. I don't know why. I don't know why. The, uh, there's a, uh, who's this guy on the radio with Dave Wyman and Mike Lefko? Maybe they were talking about Matt. Yeah, maybe they're actually talking about Matt. <laughs> I hope they weren't talking about Matt.
6: <laughs> Ooh, speaking uh-huh. of that, now you approve this word, Matt, right? So, okay. I'll read it as is. 206, funny that your little board weasel, who doesn't know anything about... <laughs> He's laughing too. He's laughing too hard for me to read the rest of it. Little board weasel. Funny that I you're just
7: little... really like the phrase, board weasel. <laughs> That's not even
6: the rest of it, but okay. I guess that got you, that's good. Funny that your little board weasel, who doesn't know anything about sports, because he doesn't like sports, works for three huge sports fans who also don't know anything about sports. Uh, mm. uh, nicely a done. Board it turns weasel. out that was the
2: best part. So he took us that way, and then you're thinking, uh oh, no, he <laughs> Nice. Nicely done. That's how it's done right there. Oh uh, that's funny. We got we got some from our Especially guy Adam you Ray. Get, you got Matt just cracking up at Board Weasel. <laughs> that's
1: a really good phrase. They should be proud of themselves. Adam sent in, Dave always sounds like he's about to break into a commercial for a sleep apnea machine. (laughs) Bob has the face of a guy who subscribes to Sauna Digest. Coincidentally, Sauna Digest is the name of Lefko's nightclub he runs in his head. (laughs) Uh, He he takes some shots at Salk. Salk Salk has the body of a guy who considers reading the back of a cookie box literature. Salk's the guy who stares you down at the salad bar. He's also the guy who uses his hands to try a crouton. He also has the face of a guy who, when he says he played high school sports, really, he just went to games and sold popcorn to the band. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This was a pretty good one, and we
2: found out that the 564 is the new, what, 360? Yeah. Yeah. So he said... uh, Wyman's face has so little personality I feel like I would be able to draw him easily (laughs) (laughs) pretty good that was pretty funny Uh, but the best one I read it already 360 when he says I'm glad these kinds of uh, arguments are happening somewhere else other than my office these stupid debates (laughs) that we're having Uh,
6: another 360 they're glad you're back Dave they said glad Dave's back to explain why the mean texts are funny again
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, no. I explain the funny the comedy way. out of that. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, see? Cool. See? I just, I just <laughs> did that. Uh, what was the other one that we had here?
6: I got some if you're looking for it. Yeah, one. go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, 253. Reading a mean text to Lefko is like
1: reading War and Peace to a four year old. Yeah. This is another one taking a shot at sports knowledge. 509 At first I was surprised that a person like Matt who knows nothing about sports would work on a sports talk radio show, but the more I listen to Bob and Dave, the more it makes sense. He fits right in. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Here's one of uh, what if, uh, if if I tackled Lefko, A
2: what would happen? A I would sustain a concussion. B Lefko would be in tears. C Lefko would turn to dust. D Dave wouldn't be able to get out of his chair. E, Bob all of Matt the above. would laugh.
7: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it might be all of the above, too.
6: Uh, 206 has sent one in three times, so I guess I'll read this one. Why does Dave seem like the lame version of Dan Campbell? He can't even bite into a crouton, so why do we think he could bite into a kneecap?
2: Oh, I bit into a crouton. It's just that it made the roof of my mouth bleed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's
1: one of my bizarre injuries. Uh, Somebody just saying Wordle is something you do when you don't have a life. Mm. Yeah. Accurate. Sure. <laughs> I, I can't fight that. You're, you're never going to be able to make Matt angry. He's just going to agree. Yep.
2: My Call him weasel, tell him he has no life. He's just going to laugh. <laughs> and you
7: bored, know what? I'm going to double down Deasle. on it. When I finally got that on the last guess on air, best moment of the day. <laughs> I know. He
1: really raised his, his hands great. up in victory. Do oh, so you
7: want to ruin it again for everyone
2: with the word you got?
7: I've already forgotten what it was. <laughs> a part.
6: Good right, Dave. It's the okay.
2: only thing I remember from the show.
7: I don't know. I don't.
6: Everything else is a blank. Uh, well, speaking of that, three six zero. Wow, we made it through a whole show without riveting banter about pickleball, Boz movies, or Wooster High football. Well done,
1: gentlemen. Go Colts. Uh. 1981 state champs Now we were debating this one during the break You guys seem to be Seinfeld This isn't really a shot But you guys seem to be Seinfeld aficionados So if you were to recast the show Using individuals from Seattle Sports 710 Who would play which parts I love immediately Matt raised his hand He said, Newman I mean,
7: it just fits too well (laughs) You know, it really does The demeanor, everything
2: Uh. I think I'd be putty Probably (laughs) Yeah, that's right yeah. yeah,
1: well, Le- I guess Lefko would be Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> Lefko says, "I'm not a Seinfeld character." That's what he yeah, told me. He us. did I say that. That's a good. I one. thought you could be Banya. Mm. I, I like a, Banya. I think you. The you best be, Jerry. The best. Yeah. Ovaltine. That's gold. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Puke. Is that funny? Yeah. Yeah, that might be the closest one. Yeah, somebody mentioned about the crouton. I hope Wyman never ate a bowl of Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch was painful. It really (laughs) was. I mean, you had to let the milk soak in a little bit.
1: Why? Because it would leave. uh...
2: No, because they were so, like, they were like croutons sharply. Yeah. My brother and I got in a huge fight over Captain Crunch (laughs) when we were like 12 and 10. (laughs) Huge fight. You ate all the Captain Crunch. No, I didn't. I only had one bowl. And then a whole fight ensued. Of course it did. Yeah. Wow. Is this another weird injury
6: you had? No, I didn't get hurt. Not eating Captain Crunch. Hmm. All right. Very pleased with you. Uh, 425. Anxiously looking forward to the Taking Care of Plastic Plants with
2: Dave Wyman show. Here's another one. Uh, who's had more weird injuries, Haniger or Dave? I'd say Haniger. Yeah. Come on. Yours, Man, yours happened mostly
1: on the foot. I mean, you've had some minor injuries off the field, but the major ones were.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm like tearing my right big, uh, big toe nail off by stepping while I was making the bed.
1: The, dishwasher's the dishwasher is probably your, your, your best one. No,
2: I think you you would really like to see the treadmill one. Oh, well, that, was,
1: that just <laughs> seems like hilarity. <laughs> uh, I just got to
2: see that how That is
6: the most desirable video we could ever get. There's lots of... If you look out, if there's lots of people
2: falling off of uh, treadmills. And
6: they're hilarious, so I yeah, want to see you. They are hilarious,
2: know. and I think mine would have been probably almost as funny as the lady whose pants came down. <laughs> Remember the... <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Did I send you that, or did you see that somewhere else? I think else? you sent think it to said, me. Yeah, that was and gold.
2: <laughs> she falls, but then when the belt hits her
1: her pants, her they, pants just, they zip right just, off <laughs> rapidly. That's when somebody was walking over to help her, and then just about face went the other direction. I don't know if it would be
6: like accurate where you were in pain, I imagine, after you fell off the treadmill. But you remember the, the lady that fell when she was stomping grapes? And she's doing oh. all those weird moaning sounds. Yes. It's so
2: uncomfortable. I just picture you sounding like that. I don't know why. I didn't make a peep. Really? No. Because I thought somebody was home. Nobody was home at the time. But I thought whoever's upstairs is going to be like, "Oh my god!" Come running down. What happened? No it cared. was a, it was a loud thud. But luckily nobody was there. So, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, the lady who fell out of the great stomping thing. She was. She sounded like a, a dog, almost like <laughs>
1: something like that. Uh, 206 says, There are no new listeners, Bob. Just those of us still hanging on. <laughs> that was good. And we got a late edition from Adam Ray here. Matt Nelson is the opposite of Salk. Kind, warm, charming, funny on accident, and has the amount of back hair that strangers respect. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, oh
2: goodness. Uh
6: is that is that it? You yeah, Any... get a special submission here.
1: Do you? Oh, oh, oh. Oh oh
7: oh oh oh, oh,
1: oh, 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 stop, oh, stop, oh, That oh. sounds like a cartoon. It does. It's the grape lady. Yeah. yeah. It's, what? It did it's not the white lady. It's the grape lady. Yeah. It did not sound like that in my house <laughs> at all. <Yeah. laughs> All right, well, we were talking about him earlier. By the way, great job by all of you, and if you're new to the program, despite what that listener said, that it's just everybody still hanging on. If you're new to the program, we do that every Friday, so you've got all week to get creative and text in the mean things you want to say to us. Okay, everybody, that does it for us. I want to thank our guest today, Ryan Divish, for joining us on the program live from Peoria, Arizona, talking Mariner baseball. Really good stuff out of him, so if you missed any of that, head to the podcast page at seattlesports.com, click the podcast tab, and click on our beautiful, handsome new picture and it's right there waiting for you but the key to all of this is to click subscribe or as dave and matt tell you push push subscribe whatever it does to get you to subscribe do that have a great night everybody have a great weekend we'll talk to you on monday with wyman and bob this is seattle sports on 710